Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Journeyman's Trial, The Toymakers Guild Book 2, written by Elizabeth Sarai. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If she builds it, will they come? Technically brilliant and thoroughly wanton, Jillian Smith has found her vocation, designing innovative erotic devices for the Toymakers Guild. Lust is a lubricant to creativity at Randerley Hall. But what happens when two toy makers fall in love? The Guild's tribe of talented, uninhibited engineers has embraced Jillian as one of their own. Edward Thorne, the perverse genius who founded the Guild, undertakes to train her in the skills she'll need as a journeyman, from practical mind-reading to transcendental orgasms. As Jillian labors to impress the charismatic master, her enigmatic fellow journeyman Rafe both entices and frustrates her. Their passion seems to go beyond mere appetite, but in Randerley's promiscuous and permissive environment, does love make any sense? When the toymakers receive a commission to equip London's most exclusive brothel with the latest sexual technology, Jillian has the chance to demonstrate her formidable abilities as well as to help Rafe exorcise the demons of his past. She doesn't realize she'll be forced to choose between Rafe and her future in the Guild. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Journeyman's Trial, The Toymaker's Guild, Book 2. Chapter 1 Can you follow Rafe's equations? Journeyman engineer Gillian Smith looked up from the plans spread out upon the master toymaker's table. Chemistry had never been her specialty, but she knew from very personal experience how the clever battery worked. While she was still an apprentice, she'd helped test an erotic stimulation device powered by the technology. I believe I grasp the essentials, sir. The temperature differential between distal versus proximal parts of the body provides the energy to power the reaction. Exactly. The voltage we can generate is limited, but sufficient for applications that use current oscillations directly, with no moving parts. But what do you think about incorporating a set of amplifying coils here? The master leaned over her, indicating some detail in the circuit diagram. His distinctive scent of ink and leather almost made her swoon. He was close enough that his ragged hair brushed her cheek, but he made no move to touch her. It was a struggle for her to focus on the ingenious design and ignore the clamoring of her senses. When she'd been summoned to attend the master in his tower chambers and begin her training as a journeyman in the Toymaker's Guild, Gillian Smith 
had been prepared for almost anything. Her initial interview with him, effectively an initiation, had included bondage and buggery. Amelia, the governing director of the guild, had hinted that his tutelage might involve corporal discipline. Everything Gillian knew about Master Edward, which did not amount to a great deal, indeed she did not even know his surname, suggested he was a man of intense passions and perverse appetites. The gallery of prurient images lining the main staircase of Randerley Hall showed him taking lewd possession of his harem of beauties in every way imaginable. She had suspected he'd subject her to comparably intensive trials of the flesh. Sexual receptivity was, after all, a primary qualification for membership in the guild. Gillian had been ready for spankings, clamps, dildos, restraints, whatever the master saw fit to impose upon her as part of her guild education. She'd expected to be pushed to her limits. She had not expected to be disappointed. However, after two weeks of training, meeting with the master on alternate afternoons, she was forced to admit to herself that she'd erred in her evaluation. Her sessions with the master were cognitively, but not carnally challenging, stimulating intellectually, but not physically. She forced her attention back to his question. To be honest, I'm concerned that would make the device too bulky. However, a capacitor series at this point would allow energy storage at moments when the toy was inactive, raising the effective charge level without a significant increase in size. He allowed his hand to rest for a moment on her shoulder. The heat from his bare palm seared her like a brand. You may be right. I'll discuss this with Rafe. He sat back and gazed at her, and her pulse climbed. She'd become accustomed to the asymmetric mask he wore to hide his fire-ravaged visage, but her sensitivity to his dizzying aura of power only increased each time she climbed the spiral stairs to his lair. Meanwhile, let us try something else. He dragged a chair in the middle of the room. Sit, he instructed, and remain completely still. I want you to empty your mind. Concentrate only on breath flowing in and out of your lungs. If a thought intrudes, release it. Allow it to blow away like a leaf in the wind. Despite the respect, nay, near awe, with which she regarded the master, Gillian could not help objecting. What has this to do with my work as a journeyman, sir? Control your mind and you control everything else, he replied. I've always believed this, but in Tibet the lamas helped me acquire a deeper understanding of this truth. The guild will demand much of you, Gillian. I want you to be ready.
Most definitely she was ready, ready for him to take her and use her the way he had that first day. She could still summon the exquisite memories of his member buried deep in her arse. It took every bit of self-discipline she could muster not to throw herself at his feet and beg him for some relief. Even more than his erotic attention, however, she wanted his respect. Hence, she tried to obey him, though she was close to screaming in frustration. This was all part of the training, she guessed. Given his subtle mind and his finely tuned senses, the master must realize how his presence inflamed her desires. Once or twice during the past weeks, she'd glimpsed the ghost of a smile on his half-obscured face, a hint that her predicament amused him. She was determined to demonstrate she could govern her salacious impulses though in truth that was far more difficult for her than feats of technological prowess. She sat, motionless, her spine straight and her eyes shut, and tried to distance herself from her bodily demands. Her lungs filled, then emptied, her lust swelled, subsided, then rose again, washing over her in sensuous waves. She let herself drift on those waves, neither struggling against them nor giving in. Gradually her busy mind grew quiet. A languorous warmth suffused her limbs, emanating from some center just below her sternum. The darkness behind her closed eyelids shifted, and a clear white light filled her, rippling through her limbs up to her forehead where it seemed to stream out into the void. Then her body dropped away. There was only light. Surrender, Gillian, the master whispered in her mind. She felt his presence, intimate and irresistible, though she knew he was sitting halfway across the room. A momentary spark of resistance flared. Like her body and her lust, she let that go, releasing the last shreds of self-consciousness. With that deliberate renunciation, she slipped into bliss. An orgasm swept through her like nothing she'd experienced, pure pleasure that did not depend on the physical senses. The light fractured into a thousand shimmering rainbow colors, bathing her in beauty. Indescribable delight wafted her to a higher plane, where she floated in disembodied ecstasy. Well done, Gillian. I believe that is enough for today. The voice seemed far away muffled by the iridescent clouds that flickered inside her. She let it hook her thoughts and pull her back to the material realm. Her limbs tingled as she reclaimed her body. Her clit tingled as well, pulsing with the after-effects of her strange spend. 
she opened her eyes to find the master gazing at her with obvious approval. Noting that she'd regained awareness, he rose and strode over to a chair. Despite the limp from his long-ago injury, he moved with breathtaking energy and grace. You are making excellent progress, he told her. It took me months to achieve what you've accomplished today. Jillian stared at her hands, then up at her master. What happened just now? It felt as though... She paused, uncharacteristically embarrassed, then forced herself to continue. As though I climaxed. You did indeed experience orgasm on the astral plane. The ancients of many traditions teach us that we have an energy body, separate from our corporeal form. Stillness and concentration can set it free. But I know I do not sound quite myself, sir. I certainly don't believe in telepathic communication, but you seem to be there, too. I could hear you in my thoughts. I could feel you. Confusion overwhelmed her. As an engineer, she put her trust in mathematical principles and physical laws. This, this challenged everything she knew, everything she'd been brought up to believe. You may learn to do this as well in time. He stroked her hair, then cupped her cheek and gazed down at her. The mask made it difficult to determine where his one good eye focused, but she felt the weight of his attention. I was not certain your abilities would extend beyond the technical and the sensual, but clearly you also have aptitude for the transcendental. I'm extremely pleased. His fingertips fluttered over her face, as if he were trying to memorize her features. Her breath caught, and her cheeks heated as new lust slammed into her like a runaway steam engine. She whimpered, helpless to conceal her arousal. The master chuckled softly. <laughs> Poor Gillian, I see that an ethereal orgasm does not satisfy all your needs. She straightened her spine and licked her lips. She couldn't hide from him. No, sir. What do you want, then? His voice was low, seductive, full of libidinous promise. Anticipatory pleasure shuddered through her. She felt weak with need. To serve you, sir, she murmured dropping her gaze to her lap, to give you pleasure, however you desire. However I desire? Ah, but you have no idea of the depravity of my desires. I have some idea, she replied. I've studied your paintings. Those images are sunny and innocent compared to my current cravings. My dark fate has colored my imagination.
The pain in his voice gave her the courage to meet his eyes once more. Do what you will to me. I'm ready, sir. Are you? Prove it, then. Backing away from her, he unfastened his trousers and extracted his erect prick. A tsunami of lust swept through her, scouring away any residual concerns. The master's cock was not as large as Rowling's organ, nor as fat as Archie's, nor as long as Ian's. Still, it drew her like iron filings to a lodestone. All his powerful energy seemed concentrated in that pulsing rod of flesh. Remove your clothing. As was common on work days, she wore her dense linen lab coat rather than a frock. With fingers made clumsy by haste, she tore open the buttons, shrugged the garment off her shoulders, and tossed it aside. He gave a little sigh, perhaps of satisfaction, to see her nakedness revealed. Kneel, he told her, pointing to the carpeted floor near his boots. Open to me. His commands were superfluous. She'd already shuffled over and taken a substantial fraction of his length into her mouth. Relaxing her jaw, she tried to swallow more. She slid her taut lips back and forth along the shaft, while using her tongue and teeth to enhance his pleasure. A soft moan from above told her he appreciated her efforts. He swelled further, his silky skin stretched tight over glorious hardness. She sucked harder, eager to devour him. For a few moments, he allowed her to set the pace. Then she managed to engulf the last half inch of his flesh. He sprang into action, thrusting deep and slamming his swollen bulb against the back of her throat. Jillian choked and sputtered, the master drew back, allowing her a moment to breathe, then pushed his entire rod into her hungry maw. Let your muscles go slack, he instructed. Open, you must be open. Receive me. Honor me. His rich, dark, musical voice captured her in its spell, it flooded her senses, spreading slowly like warm honey, sweet and sticky and irresistible. She let go completely, allowing him to ravage her mouth with delicious and terrifying force. With his gloved hand clutching her hair and his bare hand gripping her shoulder, he drove his cock down her throat again and again, she clung to his thighs with both hands to prevent being knocked over by his thrusts. Meanwhile, he continued to stuff her mouth with his glorious prick, smothering her cries with his urgent flesh. His ferocious thrusting left no time for technique. He tugged on her hair to adjust his angle of attack. Like a battering ram, he opened her wide to allow an even deeper invasion. His magnificent cock 
twitched against the roof of her mouth. Anticipation pushed her own excitement to new heights as she recognized the symptoms of his impending release. I'm close, girl, he growled. When I spend, you will too. Impossible, Gillian thought. She loved sucking him, loved tasting him, loved the way he took charge and used her for his own pleasure. Everything he did thrilled her, but how could she possibly reach climax without any stimulation? Then again, in his presence, anything could happen. Hadn't she just spent while sitting in a chair, completely dressed and perfectly still? Suddenly, his cock pulsed on her tongue, and his copious seed filled her mouth. The bitter flavor was an aphrodisiac. To her utter astonishment, a fountain of pleasure erupted in her core, sweeping her into blind, shuddering ecstasy. She came to her senses to find herself lying in a boneless heap on the carpet. Master Edward occupied the throne-like chair on the opposite side of the room, watching her. His hands gripped the chair arms as if he was trying to restrain himself. He'd tucked his well-drained prick back into his clothing. Feeling better, Gillian? His mocking tone triggered a twinge of embarrassment. She thrust that emotion away as unworthy of a guild member. Her bare shoulders stung. Glancing down, she noted the raw traces left by his fingernails. When she trailed a fingertip along one of the marks, it woke echoes of lascivious pain. Yes, she replied at last. She did, in fact, feel better. The constant arousal that had tormented her for the past two weeks had dissipated. Thank you, sir. I suppose I should apologize for being so rough, but I did, after all, warn you. It's fine. I enjoyed it. She clambered to her feet, a bit unsteady, and looked around for her clothing. As I'm sure you could tell. He nodded. You may well have as ample a capacity for pain as you do for pleasure. That is something we may explore in further sessions. His words kindled new shivers of arousal. She focused on her buttons. There are so many things I want to do to you, Gillian Smith. I swear you'd tempt the devil. Smoothing her lab coat over her still-swollen nipples and licking her bruised lips, she boldly met his gaze. Do what you will, sir. You know I am dedicated to the Guild and to your service. He rose slowly and took a step or two in her direction, as though she exercised a power of attraction comparable to his. I've a mind to strip you again right now, toss you face down on the bed and bury my cock in your slick, tight quim. Fresh heat raced through her. Oh, please, sir. 
He halted a few feet from her trembling form. Unfortunately, I have another engagement right now. We may resume this discussion when we next meet. Was he actually going to send her off in the same aroused state as when she'd arrived? On the other hand, how could she complain? Were two climaxes insufficient to satisfy her? Sir? On your way, Miss Smith. We'll continue on Tuesday. Master? Are you going to disobey me? No, no, sir. Of course not. Then go, now. Gillian offered a little curtsy, then grasped the rail to descend the staircase. With each step, she became increasingly aware of the juices painting the insides of her thighs. At the foot of the stairs, she almost collided with a lean, dark figure. If he hadn't grabbed her by both shoulders, they both might have tumbled to the floor. Why, hello, Jill! A cocky smile lit the young man's aquiline features. I haven't seen much of you lately. He held on to her for considerably longer than was necessary to stabilize them. When he let go, she continued to feel his hands, heating her skin through the fabric of her garment. Good afternoon, Rafe. She brushed some imaginary dust off her somewhat wrinkled lab coat. It was true that she'd barely spoken two words to her fellow journeyman since he'd rescued her on the moors two weeks before. Half the time, he hadn't even been at the dinner table. She wondered if he was traveling again. I've been occupied with learning my new duties. The master has been training me. His eyebrows arched. Training? I'd like to know more about just what that entails. He ran his fingers through his unkempt black locks. I never got any sort of training from the master. Of course, he wasn't around much. If I recall, he left Randerley only a few weeks after I joined the guild. When was that? She wasn't sure how she felt about the brash, forward young man who'd stolen a kiss within half an hour of her meeting him. Well, perhaps stolen wasn't exactly the right term. But still, he seemed to have quite familiar manners. Two years ago, last Christmas. Seems like a lifetime. And before the guild? His expression darkened. I don't really want to talk about that. Anyway, I've got an appointment with the master in two minutes. Jillian stepped back to give him free access to the stairs. You mustn't keep him waiting, then. But I'm really delighted to run into you. He chuckled at his own jest. Care to go riding with me tomorrow afternoon? I've got quite a lot of work. Tomorrow's Saturday. Even that slave driver Featherstone takes Saturday afternoon off. Come on, Jill, say yes. His hand was back on her shoulder. Casual, warm.
maddening. Well, I grew up in the city, so I'm not much of a horsewoman. She had to admit to being curious about Rafe. With his loose-limbed grace and easy smile, he was definitely attractive. Shouldn't she be focused on her training, though? We'll put you on Dorothea. She's a sweet, biddable mare who won't give you any trouble. And Samson likes her. I don't know. I've got to go. He squeezed her shoulder briefly and ran his fingers through her curls, then bounded up the stairs. Meet you at the stables tomorrow at three, he called out as he climbed out of sight. But there was no one to listen to Gillian's excuses. In any case, why should she object? Rafe was a fellow member of the Guild. It was only fitting they should get to know one another, perhaps intimately. Her first loyalties, both professional and carnal, belonged to the Master. She felt quite certain, though, that neither he nor anyone else in the Toymaker's Guild required exclusivity. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Journeyman's Trial, The Toymaker's Guild, Book Two. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.